Welcome to the Monday Night Raw review here on the WWE podcast. We've got so much to get to tonight with what happened on Monday Night Raw. We had a big return. We had a United States Championship match, an excellent segment from the Judgment Day, and a lot more. So this is going to be a fun show, guys. Let's get going right after this. So in today's crazy world, you need to be ready to defend yourself. I mean, that's just the reality of things. People are getting assaulted on the street, robbed, home invasions. So with all this spike in crime, what better way to spend your time than investing in yourself, in your safety, in your, in your family's safety? That's why I'm recommending Impact Defense. ImpactDefense.online is an opportunity for you to learn how to defend yourself in multiple situations. They have a podcast, by the way, that is done weekly, and you can check it out. Uh, it's it's on impactdefense.online. They have training that's in person. They have online courses. You can host an event and a lot more. But this is run by Brian, and he has over 20 years in the martial arts and self-defense industry. He's a certified combatives instructor. He's certified in defensive firearms, and he has a black belt in multiple styles of martial arts. He's also joined by two ladies, Jada and Kylie. Both of them are black belts in martial arts and certified firearm instructors as well. Again, their show, their podcast releases every single Monday, a brand new episode. You can check out impactdefense.online for much more information. But guys, I can't stress enough right now. There is nothing more important than your safety. I don't know about you, but when I'm lying in bed and I hear a creak in the house, you always wonder, right? It's either a ghost <laughs> or you're thinking, oh my God, somebody broke in, right? And w imagine the helplessness that you could feel in that moment, but let them help you overcome that fear. Let them help you protect you and your family. Go to impactdefense.online today. Are you ready to live a more free, healthy, and abundant life? FoodForestAbundance.com is a community of passionate, freedom-loving people who want to build a free, healthy, and abundant society for generations to come. They're focused on creating a decentralized food supply by setting up forests on underutilized lawn space around the world. And this is just the beginning. They offer landscape design, blueprints, installation, maintenance tips, and a whole lot more. In these uncertain times, you want the peace of mind of having food security right outside your front door. They plan on growing food forest in every community, providing healthier food free from the supply chain. To learn more, visit foodforestabundance.com. Use the code FOOD22 and save 5%. foodforestabundance.com. This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. One that everybody wants me. You're gonna acknowledge me. Welcome to the WWE Podcast Monday Night Raw Review here on Tuesday, May 10th, 2022. Thank you, as always, for joining us here. And right off the bat, if you want to go ad free. You can do that. You can just go to Patreon. There's a dollar. And also over at Apple Podcasts, there is also an option to go ad free. Uh, that's all I'll say for that. And there's also a VIP area of our website if you want to go ad free there. And right now we're running a promotion on our website. And you can use the promo code Roman 
that'll take 50% off your first month. So it's a buck 50 on the website for a whole month where it's video and it's ad free everything. So not a bad deal. And speaking of patrons, I want to welcome to our Patreon family a few people that have joined over the last uh, week or so. First is James Berg, AI or Al. I'm not sure if it's AI. I'm assuming it's Al. I'm assuming I, I didn't have a robot uh, join us. So thank you, Al, I believe. And also Jamie Johnson. Thank you so much, guys, for your support. And I hope you enjoy all that we have to offer here on the WWE podcast, especially the beloved Discord server that you guys are super entertaining with. I mean, you guys are just so fun to watch in the Discord server with all of your your rants, your gifs, everything else. Great stuff. And I hope you enjoy all of those benefits. If you guys need, need anything, let me know. But thank you to Jamie, Al, and James. Though, So those are the latest to join us here. And let's get into our Monday Night Raw review as uh, we've got we've got some stuff to talk about as we roll into Hell in a Cell season that comes to us. The, the event itself comes to us on Sunday, June 5th, 2022. So about a month, four weeks or so. And this year feels a little bit different because some of the programs actually seem to make sense going into the pay-per-view. So it's kind of a happy accident on WWE's part where there's a lot of years that this pay-per-view or this event feels forced and it is forced, but sometimes by just happenstance, programs seem to make sense to fall perfectly in with this Hell in a Cell event. This is, a to me, a rarity. And what I mean by that is a couple of programs. We have AJ and Edge, although you could say Finn and Damien and all that. Though, though you know Those are definitely worthy of uh, Hell in a Cell, as well as, of course, Cody and Seth, that it looks like we're going to get a part three for. And I think that's the one that's going to be inside the cell. I actually believe that Judgment Day, the judgment, as it's not just Judgment Day, it's the Judgment Day, that, by the way. I think it's going to be a six-man tag team match with uh, Rhea Ripley involved, and it's going to be Liv and AJ and Finn versus Damian, Edge, and Rhea Ripley. That's my guess. That's going to take place at Hell in a Cell, and I think they'll be victorious there, too. I don't think there's any need to have Judgment Day. Uh, cool off at all i think they are one of the shining stars of raw and it's getting better every week edge cut his hair this week so breaking news there edge cut his hair and i think it works he's clearly committed here and doing fantastic work as the leader of this group and wwe hinted that there are going to be more joining they said who's next and even edge in his promo said that we are going to be growing so who does Edge have the ear of? They left that out to be for speculation, and it's fun. I'm glad they did that because now we can sit and speculate. Oh, it's Finn Balor. He's going to turn on the group, and I still think there's a strong possibility he could be. Hell, AJ could see the light, so to speak, and turn to the dark side again and join Edge. The other uh, Champa, uh, he could join the the group. I think he's a slam dunk. You know, so the, I think this group could expand. What I don't want though is this to turn into like an NWO type of situation where all of a sudden everybody's joining, right? And it just gets watered down. I want these picks to be very strategic and I don't want them to come too fast and too furious. Oh, I haven't seen that movie in a while. Talk about, what was that, like 2002? <laughs> too fast, too furious. Um, is, isn't there like 10 of those? Anyway, so I don't want the picks by WWE and Edge. I would assume Edge has a strong say in who joins this group. I don't want it to be just so just have Edge you know, be the leader of this group that have, you know, five, 10 people behind him 
I think that waters down the purpose of this because I think it should be special of who it's selected. And you're able to focus on uh, a small select group of people that you want to elevate instead of just this kind of hodgepodge of people. I think what happened in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s with the corporate ministry, there was the corporation and there was the ministry. And then the, when, when they merged, it got watered down and you kind of everyone kind of got lost in the shuffle because everyone was just a I don't want to say it, there was no name. There were some Hall of Famers in there. But some of the people that were in there got lost, like Midian, Viscera, even Edge and Christian got lost for a time in there. So I think that bigger is not better. And the picks for Edge's group need to be strategic. I would actually max out at four. I don't know if I'd go to five people. Uh, yeah, Right now, I would say he should have three people behind him. It would be Rhea, Damian, and one other person, probably Ciampa. That's who I would pick on his side. And I think that would be honestly a, a best decision. Now, if they go with five, I won't hate it, but I, I would not go beyond four personally. I think it starts to get a little bit too much. But, uh, you know, even when you look at the Nexus, something more recent in the corporate ministry, you know, the Nexus, one of the better storylines that came across WWE over the last 15 years, while it didn't end well for the Nexus, a lot of those individuals got lost because there was just too many. Even at one point, CM Punk was the leader of it. And it got weird. So, that's my point. But I'm loving what Edge has to, to offer on a weekly basis. His promos are great. I love the explanation by Rhea this week with Rhea saying, hey, uh, I'm done pleasing you guys. You know, I, I sign your your, uh, your your stuff at the, the airport. I sign your merchandise at the airport, and then I look on eBay, and you're selling it. You know, I'm, I'm tired of you using me. I, I, that's a great explanation. I have no problem with that. And Rhea saying that she saw what happened with Damien and Edge and how their careers have have, have um, gotten better since they started this group and joined this group, and she said she wanted to be a part of it. It's all good stuff. I think Rhea Ripley is an excellent choice. Excellent choice. Um, my fear, though, as I've alluded to over the last several weeks, uh, prior to Rhea even being a part of this group, when she was just speculated to join is that she's a female in a man's world and she's going to be physically involved in a lot of what the men do and the men will just, you know, just kowtow to the fact that she's a female and they can't retaliate. We saw it this week. We saw it with AJ where she interfered in his match and he hesitated or he wasn't in a match. He was just getting involved and he hesitated and he turned around and he was going to punch her and then he didn't. Now, she didn't like give him a low blow, but she did, you know, physically, she put her hands on him. And so I guess the, the, the circumstances are going to have to be extreme for the men to retaliate or they just don't at all. And to me, it's, it's just, it's garbage. <laughs> Not that I'm saying this group of the storylines garbage, just the fact that because she's a female, she has this shield of immunity around her that she can do and say anything she wants with no consequences because she's a woman. I strongly disagree with that, like to my core, disagree with that, not just in a pro wrestling sense, but just in a fundamental sense in reality outside of pro wrestling. I think it's nonsense that people, because of whoever they think they are, whatever sex they are or whatever they identify, whatever it is that they're just immune from stuff. Nonsense. And I, I know why WWE will be very selective or they won't do it at all for women. Uh, for, for anybody putting their hands on women in any scenario because of the uh, PR pushback and the very 
hostile environment that we all live in society right now. Unfortunately, entertainment is not uh, is not exempt from this cancer that's in our society right now of just people at each other's throats and the the, the pol- uh, political games and all that stuff that's going on. But anyway, so th- that that came to fruition this week with AJ hesitating, and then even the announcer said. Yeah, that he hesitated and thought better of hitting a woman. Let's see how far they can take it. It's. I hope the crowd starts chanting like "bull, bulls." I hope they start doing that. Like if if Rhea just on a weekly basis starts like you know kicking and low blowing whoever, and the men just stand there and they just cower in the corner and put their hands up and just let the woman be. I mean, I hope the crowd, if that happens, turns on it because it's such a, it's a. It's a really bad message to send, honestly. And um, anyway, I've said my piece on that. But overall, this storyline's really good. I love it. I absolutely love it. I have no complaints outside of that narrative that I think they're going to uh, bow at the altar of political games in, in real life, honestly. So uh, let's move on here. And uh, let's let's see what we want to talk about. Let's, let's get into RK Bro and the Street Profits. So RK Bro, they open the show, and does anybody else, am I the only one screaming in an empty forest about the fact that everyone has to say welcome to Monday Night Raw? Does anybody, am I the only one, why does this bother me so much? First of all, it shouldn't happen. The announcers can say it. It, Randy Orton saying it? Just get into your effing promo. I know it's not Randy doing it. It's corporate who, for some reason, just feels like people aren't going to know what show they're at or what show they're watching, so they have to say it to get a pop from the crowd. I, I, I don't know. But Randy Orton saying, welcome to Monday Night Raw every single time or whoever. Well, it's, it's, I, I don't know what the need for it is. Just get into it. We know what show we're watching. People in the arena know what money they spent on to get what tickets. I, they know why they're there. People tuning in know exactly what show they're watching. It just... it's It's... It's a small, small thing that I know people, some listeners have gotten annoyed that I spend time on even discussing at all, spending breath on this, but it is a microcosm and it's a perfect example of corporate control and a perfect example of when you feel like this show is telling you one thing and it does another. It tells you that it's a show that anything could happen at any time, yet at the same time, every week, Everyone opens the show, no matter who it is, by saying, welcome to Monday Night Raw. Why does Randy have to say it? Is he the ring announcer? Is he an executive? Does he have to say, why does it, I don't know. Is it, in, is it written in the contract with USA and Fox? I don't understand it. I just don't get it. It's, an, it's super annoying because it takes me out of the moment and angers me. Uh, anyway, so see, I've spent more time than anyone would have ever said about this, but that's just the way it goes, guys. This, this crap annoys me. So we have, anyway, Randy Orton's opens the show and we have uh, the review of what happened at the, uh, the pay-per-view, the, uh, the uh, live event backlash last night with Roman Reigns and the, it's announced that the Street Profits are going to go against RK Bro for the tag, t- uh, tag team champions uh, championships later that night, which actually happened to be right then and there. And they made a mission statement though. Randy and Riddle open the show by saying that they're going to go to SmackDown and they're going to go to the tribal chief and essentially get his blessing to challenge the Usos for the SmackDown tag team championships, because that's what they want. They want it. They still want the unification match. 
So two things here, one good, one bad. Good, that they're still continuing with unification. They didn't forget about it. They acknowledged it and they want to actually follow through. And I'm glad that they did. That That is a good thing for the for continuing the goodwill of fans. And it's just a good thing to overall deliver what you say you're going to deliver on. So I think it'll happen in hell itself. But the, the second thing I don't like is that you have the RK bro going to ask permission. What, what, what do you need to ask permission for? You have to go to Daddy Reigns to to ask permission. Now, I know that they're framing it as the Usos can't do anything without permission of Reigns. But then you're also following that same narrative. You are also adhering to that exact criticism of the Usos by asking permission. How does that work? If you want something, you go to Adam Pierce or you just attack the Usos and force them into it. You don't want to say ahead of time you're going to go ask permission from Daddy. I didn't like that. They're playing into the very thing they're criticizing. So again, asking permission, like what? Um, that was, I'm sorry, that was stupid, but I love the match. This matchup is going to happen. It should happen. I'm looking forward to it. Something that should have happened at Backlash and I have no problem with it. I think it's great. So uh, the, the next thing though was the Street Profits coming out and they're starting to turn a little heelish. I think it's because RK Bro is also so over, but I think also people are a little bit tired of the same act from the uh, Street Profits, they haven't really changed at all. There's been no evolution of the Street Profits since their inception in WWE, like none other than, the, you know, one time they grow facial hair, then they don't, then they, but the Red Solo Cups are still there, everything like they haven't evolved. You, you, you know, you factor that in with the fact that RK-Bro is more over right now and everybody wants to see RK-Bro continue as champion, uh, champions and take the belts from the Usos and you've set yourself up for kind of a de facto heel turn by the Street Profits. Now, it's not a full heel turn, but it is, it's kind of a soft one. Um, but we have the, the match happen right then and there. I think the match with RK-Bro and the Street Profits was fine. And Riddle, my God, is, is getting such a bump out of this program. It's great to see Riddle in this, uh, in this scenario. And I think the match, again, with the Street Profits here with RK-Bro was fine. The RKO from Riddle ended it. There was a miscommunication between Riddle and Orton. I said, uh-oh, because Riddle accidentally knocked Orton with a, I don't know, it was like a moonsault or something he did on the outside of the ring. It hit Orton, and I said, oh, boy. But they won the match, so I think it's going to be forgotten. And uh, they, they retained the championships as if there was really any jeopardy. They were never in any jeopardy of losing, of course. But the match was fine. And we get the Street Profits going back to whatever they were doing beforehand. I don't know. Talking about smoke or you know, drinking from their college red solo cup. And, and I don't know, who knows the, the funny line from riddle, I got to say, which was really good about, um, smoking, you know, uh, I think he was going to say something about, Oh, I know what happened. I think it was Montez Ford who mentioned, we want the smoke, which by the way, the, can they drop that? It's over. <laughs> we want the smoke to me is like, so, um, it's over. It's done. It's It's stale. Okay, can we find something new? This is my my thing with the uh, Street Profits. Just in general, they need, they need a refresh from top to bottom, I think. Now, I'm not saying break them up. Just kind of a refresh. Turn them heel, whatever. But the funny line from Riddle after Montez Ford talked about smoke is Riddle said, we're going to... Uh, the RK Bro 420 said, we're going to smoke your ass or something. So you can guarantee there'll be shirts. I think I even saw a shirt in the audience. So hilarious there, but um, good stuff. All right. Uh, Rhea Ripley then defeated Liv Morgan via submission with a Texas cloverleaf, a reverse Texas cloverleaf. And um, 
this match happened after the whole promo from Edge that I talked about earlier. And uh, it was a fine match. And it showed Rhea's dominance and her cruelty. I love that word. They use the word cruelty. I think they should use that more. I think they should use that moving forward. Cruelty. That's a nice descriptive word for Rhea. I like it. And I hope that you know it wasn't just a one-off there. I, cruelty is a great way to describe Rhea. And she punished Liv even after the match. It, you know, Liv was there to essentially just help elevate Rhea further. And I think the match was fine. And um, it just, again, furthered, uh, furthered the storyline with, the, the, with Judgment Day. Finn Balor then uh, took out Damian Priest, but it was only via disqualification because Edge interfered. And then AJ Styles was at ringside. He helped Balor fight off Edge and Priest before Ripley stopped Edge, knowing that he couldn't strike her. Again, why? I don't know. I just went through that whole men on women thing, which that that allowed Edge to hit Styles with a spear as Priest also hit the uh, chop lock or the leg sweep. So it was kind of a double uh, maneuver there on Ed, on Styles. So, you know, this th- this needed to be a moment where this group is firmly entrenched as a, as a heel group and they're starting to build more and more heat. So in this building phase, they're not going to take any losses, at least for the next probably couple of weeks, I think. As they continue to build heat, they might take a loss at the pay-per-view or at the uh, premium live event on June 5th. But I also think on June 5th, we could see a, a fourth and final member join. On uh, It could be Ciampa. Yeah, that's my thought. All right, let's take a quick break for our uh, sponsors of the show today. And then we'll be back with much more on Monday Night Raw. Are you ready to live a more free, healthy, and abundant life? FoodForestAbundance.com is a community of passionate, freedom-loving people who want to build a free, healthy, and abundant society for generations to come. They're focused on creating a decentralized food supply by setting up forests on underutilized lawn space around the world. And this is just the beginning. They offer landscape design, blueprints, installation, maintenance tips, and a whole lot more. In these uncertain times, you want the peace of mind of having food security right outside your front door. They plan on growing food forest in every community, providing healthier food free from the supply chain. To learn more, visit foodforestabundance.com. Use the code FOOD22 and save 5%. foodforestabundance.com. So in today's crazy world, you need to be ready to defend yourself. I mean, that's just the reality of things. People are getting assaulted on the street, robbed, home invasions. So with all this spike in crime, what better way to spend your time than investing in yourself, in your safety, in your, in your family's safety? That's why I'm recommending Impact Defense. ImpactDefense.online is an opportunity for you to learn how to defend yourself in multiple situations. They have a podcast, by the way, that is done weekly, and you can check it out. Uh, it's, it's on ImpactDefense.online. They have training that's in-person They have online courses. You can host an event and a lot more. But this is run by Brian, and he has over 20 years in the martial arts and self-defense industry. He's a certified combatives instructor. He's certified in defensive firearms, and he has a black belt in multiple styles of martial arts. He's also joined by two ladies, Jada and Kylie. Both of them are black belts in martial arts and certified firearm instructors as well. Again, 
Their show, their podcast releases every single Monday, a brand new episode. You can check out impactdefense.online for much more information. But guys, I can't stress enough right now. There is nothing more important than your safety. I don't know about you, but when I'm lying in bed and I hear a creak in the house, you always wonder. It's either a ghost (laughs) or you're thinking, oh, my God, somebody broke in. Right. And imagine the helplessness that you could feel in that moment. But let them help you overcome that fear. Let them help you protect you and your family. Go to impactdefense.online today. Welcome back to the WWE Podcast. Let's get back to more great wrestling audio. All right, welcome back to the WWE Podcast. Let's continue on here with Monday Night Raw. And Bobby Lashley then crashed the MVP lounge. He attacked MVP, or at least tried to, Omos and Cedric. Uh, we're also in the ring, and well, uh, Lashley got his hands on everybody except MVP, and that's the payoff, as I've said from the beginning of this, which is fine. I mean, that we've seen Omas and Lashley, and we know what they can do, and you know what? Omas has impressed me, especially at the last event on, on the uh, Sunday event on Backlash. I think he did probably or had his best match to date. Now, that's not saying a whole lot, given the sample size we've seen. But when you take his size into consideration, the dude can move, you know, and and that's great that she's showing improvement, that he's taking it seriously. So good stuff there. And I I don't mind that this is going to a third match. I think it needs to. And I think that um, the payoff may come at Hell in a Cell with Lashley finding, finally destroying MVP. And uh, I know that next week, though, we're seeing a, a steel cage match between these two, between Lashley and Omas. I mean, that's fine. I, I, I think that Omas could get the victory here, which, I mean, if he does, then I definitely expect Lashley and Omas part three or part four, whatever it is, at, at Hell in a Cell, and he'll finally end it there, get the victory, and uh, destroy MVP. So the thing is you got to be careful of is, um, you know, hey, you're trying to build Omas. Do you want him to take a clean loss to Bobby Lashley, a guy who's already established? So you need to be careful there too, but... I think right now the payoff is going to be MVP getting absolutely destroyed, put in the hurt lock, manhandled by Bobby Lashley, which the payoff, again, won't come until the pay-per-view. God, I still say pay-per-view. It's After 30 years of, well, not 30 years, uh, 25 years of watching wrestling, I still, it's going to take a long time to get out of my head. But, all right. Then, Sonya Deville was notified by Adam Pearce that her, after the investigation has concluded, and it has by the board of directors, I mean, it, it would have taken five minutes for me to look at tape if I was, you know, actually monitoring the product that I'm supposed to be, you know, overseeing. If I'm upper management, I wouldn't need anyone to come to me to complain. I should already know what the hell's going on in my own product. But nonetheless, in storyline, they did an investigation, which took way too long. <laughs> and uh, they concluded that she misused her power for so long. Again, that's also negligence on the part of the upper management for that to go on this long. But that's never going to be a thing. And I'm fine. It's it's pro wrestling. But she has been terminated. Her WWE officiating contract has been terminated. And her opponent is the returning Alexa Bliss. Now, interestingly, not even that Sonya Deville has lost her WWE officiating powers. That's fine. And it was expected. And it makes sense. And that's not the story here. The story here is, yes, a returning Alexa Bliss. Absolutely. The crowd was very positive towards her. They're clearly booking her as a babyface again. 
but she was brought back kind of as the uh the, the what what was she before the not the empress that's uh Asuka the princess or whatever whatever the hell she called herself prior to being touched by the fiend but the whole thing of still bringing bringing Lily out I on one hand, I appreciate the fact that they still recognize that she's all of a sudden not just back to, you know, the Alexa Bliss of yesteryear. And there's still that connection there. But what is it? What is this? You know, like, well, I don't exactly know what the connection is. Why she's still bringing Lily around. If you're going to cut the cord, just cut the freaking cord. Move on. It just, just get back to what you were, then fine. But if you're going to bring Lily around for no reason, then I don't get that. You know, I, I'm not I'm not quite sure on where they're going to go with this, and I don't think they know either. But Alexa Bliss in a very short match, which is kind of discouraging, honestly. She's back, and that's great, and she had a good reaction. But she had a really short match. It was a DDT to Sonya Deville, and then she got uh, or hit hit Twisted Bliss and got the victory. And Sonya Deville was absolutely distraught on the outside, just screaming in agony, not from necessarily losing the match, but also because of the. Uh, termination of her WWE officiating contract. So that said, I think that Alexa Bliss back, thumbs up for that. We'll have to see where they go with her character. There's still that string of Lily attached to me. Either cut it or don't. You can't be half pregnant. Pick a lane. Well, a lot of analogies here, but pick a freaking lane and stick with it. I don't need this kind of hybrid. Like, what are you? You know, for so long, she's been this kind of abstract personality backstage with therapy sessions and playgrounds and like all these weird things and Lily being a, a winking doll. Like to me, she needs to get back on track. Just clean the slate, wipe it clean, move on. What are you? Establish it. Don't be foggy about it and move on. If she's this hybrid kind of still there, kind of still wacky, Lily's still there. That's not going to work. They need to pick a lane. So I hope they do that. And Alexa Bliss, I really miss her in the ring. I'm glad that she at least had a kind of a match on Raw, even if it was about five seconds long. And I hope it continues with, maybe she does continue with Sonya into the pay-per-view. Into, no, see, I did it again. Into the Hell in a Cell event. Maybe she does, maybe she doesn't. But I hope that next week she's not gone from Raw, you know. They have been an on and again, off again thing. I know Alexa or Lexi Kaufman just got married to Ryan Cabrera. So, you know, that's great. So she she got married recently. Um, so things seem up for her in her personal life. Hopefully professionally, they follow suit. All right. So let's see. Kevin Owens and Alpha Academy then attack Ezekiel as Kevin Owens came out as Ken Owens in a hilarious wig and dark, kind of grayed his beard, pretending that he's Ken Owens trying to show Ezekiel that what you're doing is absolutely ridiculous. And then Kevin Owens said that I'm really Kevin Owens. And he attacked Ezekiel after Ezekiel was playing along with him by saying, I, yeah, okay, Ken, like he was actually believing that he's Ken and not going into Kevin's whole game that he was playing. And Kevin Owens continuing to call him a liar. There's, he said, there's nothing more I hate than a liar. It's, it's, to me, it's Kevin Owens is making this whole thing. This is stupid, but Kevin Owens is making it, and it's working. I think well as well as it, as well as a storyline of this caliber could work. Right? There's a ceiling to something like this, and Kevin Owens is at the ceiling, and it's it's working just fine because Kevin Owens is making it work by him being a complete hypocrite, 
saying that he, he hates nothing more than liars when that's not, that's all he's done his entire career is lie. That's what makes this funny. And Kevin Owens in the in the the wig and the beard, it was great. It was I was I mean it's, it, I don't have anything wrong with this at all. I mean again, you have to understand that this is not going to be the main storyline running through Raw. It's one of those side storylines, so therefore your expectations should be adjusted as such. And I think they're doing the most that they can with something like this. Uh, but Alpha Academy was attacked by Ezekiel, or he defended himself until Otis came into the ring. Elias, i.e. Ezekiel, was hit with a stunner by Kevin Owens, and that uh, ended it. So, Veer Mahan, they ready for you, DJ? I mean, maybe you can take this uh, during the mailbag tomorrow. Veer Mahan defeated Frank Lohman, and guess what? Via a submission with the cervical clutch. So another no-name local talent gets destroyed by Veer Mahan. I guess we're still on this this train here. I mean, it can't, I don't know how much longer he can just destroy no-names before he has to actually, you know, at least start bringing him into the main roster, you know, start acclimating him to actual competition. So hopefully in the next few weeks or month at the very most. Sasha Banks and Naomi defeat Dewdrop and Nikki A.S.H. when Nikki or rather Naomi hit Nikki A.S.H. with a face buster. So, hey, I mean, Sasha and Naomi beat them. Dewdrop and Nikki are a team now. And that's it. It was a, not a long match. It was it was OK. Uh, you know, I, I was hopeful that Nikki A.S.H. would be turning a little bit darker, deeper, changing her character so far. That's not the case. Maybe we will get that. But at least there's a quote unquote tag team division for the women. You know, and I say that very loosely. Champa then defeated Mustafa Ali with a reverse DDT. The Miz was the special guest referee and he gave Ali very slow counts, as you'd expect before making the absolute fastest count you could on a uh, pin to give Ciampa the win. So as it expected with uh, with Miz, yeah, you, you get exactly what you expect, and it continues to further the, the Mustafa or Mustafa Ali versus Miz story. And you know what? I have no problem with Ali and, and Miz. I think that they are, they're capable of a very good match, and I that's, you know, it's crazily complimenting the Miz, too. He's not a bad in-ring performer. He's not. He's not a bad in- in-ring wrestler. He's He's good. Dare I say, just, you know, he just has the complete lack of ability to evolve as a character. That's my whole thing with The Miz. And he, you know, anyway, I don't want to get on that rant, but I think I am pleasantly surprised. No, I know I am by Mustafa Ali and The Miz. I think it's going to be a fine program. And Ali gets a chance to shine in, in maybe the biggest program he's ever had. Think about that. So. In the main event, we got Bianca Belair versus Asuka, and uh, this is the description of the match, just so I don't miss anything, which was really a five-minute match. It was less than five minutes. I think it was like four minutes and change. After um, Asuka, or Be- Bianca Belair defeated Asuka via disqualification because of Becky Lynch, uh, she attacked Belair and attacked Asuka, hit uh, Asuka with the manhandle slam, and she was on commentary. Becky was on commentary watching this match. So there was no finish and there shouldn't be a finish. A Bianca Belair Oscar matchup is a main event of a pay-per-view. I mean, it could main event a pay-per-view hands down and should and will at some point. So there shouldn't be a winner here on top of the fact they're both baby faces. So I, you kind of knew going in with be oh, Becky at ringside. She's going to pull some kind of shenanigans. We'll get another disqualification uh, loss here. And, you know, <laughs> It's it's actually I'm not ha- I'm not angry about it because there shouldn't be a clear cut winner here given the circumstances and where Bianca and Oscar both are, 
they both can't afford a loss right now. They both need to continue with their winning, winning ways. And I think that uh, this is going to result in a triple threat, probably at Hell in a Cell with Oscar, Bianca, and uh, and Becky. I mean, that's probably what happens. I, I would imagine Bianca, Oscar, and Becky are in a triple threat for the uh, women's championship, women, Raw Women's Championship at Hell in a Cell. That's my guess. That's not official. I didn't Adam Pierce the thing. I didn't make anything official. That's just my own take and thoughts on it. So, all right. Well, dang. This has been a pretty quick Monday Night Raw review. I thought overall, if I was going to give the show a grade, I'd give it a C plus. It was, it was, it was okay. Yeah, I, I, it didn't blow me out of the water. It advanced some storylines. I'd say C plus. If I'm in a better mood, B minus. It was, it was, it was okay. Um, and it, did, it was just above average. I think it did what it needed to do. As, as you heard also on, on Raw, they didn't announce where they were until Edge tried to make fun of the city. Hartford, by the way. Hartford, Connecticut. Why they couldn't announce why they're not in, why they're in Hartford is, is beyond me. I mean, they only said they're in Connecticut until Edge brought down the town. So another one of those things that just con- constantly get under my skin that WWE feels they're too big for their britches and don't want to present that they're in a town that doesn't have a, have a professional sports team. That's like the, that's the measuring stick. I guess that's the qualification. As I say, every time that when they don't announce the town that they're in or city is if the team has a professional sports team or it's the capital, if it's the capital of the state, or if it has a professional sports team, congratulations, you are uh, tall enough to ride the ride and you are, you will get a actual stamp on the TV of when they open raw of where they are and you'll get a mention of where they are in several promos. If you're in a town that they deem not worthy, you'll either get a mention as a derogatory way of mentioning where they are with the, the specific town, or they'll just say generally where they are the state only, or they're in the shadow of this or the state campus of that. It's a bunch of nonsense, right? Like it's all about perception. I mean, who's honestly watching this? Even if you're a network executive or if you're a stockholder, shareholder, you're watching this and you're sitting there and go, wait a minute, they're in Evansville, Indiana. <laughs> I'm taking my money out of this company. I mean, who is that small? The only people that actually, I think, care about it are the egos in upper management of WWE. That's it. They don't, and, and namely Vince McMahon, who doesn't want to, he wants to hide and mask where he is. He doesn't want to give the specific location. So it's just a general location. I mean, I won't be surprised if at some point when they're in a very quote unquote small town that they don't even mention the state they're in. I mean, Vince hates Southern uh, stereotypes or rather he plays into them, but he also hates the Southern draw. He doesn't like the Southern uh, hospitality type of, he doesn't like the way Southern people act. He loves to play on stereotypes and insult Southern people and especially hates quote unquote, small Southern hick towns. You hear it every time they're in a town that doesn't qualify quote unquote for a mention on raw where they just you know berate the town i wouldn't be surprised if they just start saying united states acknowledge me right they don't even mention like or maybe that they say southeast acknowledge me maybe they at least use the the um the region of the united states they just mention like the the general area right like lower 48 uh, anyway anyway okay i'm getting uh, way beyond here but Thank you, everybody, for listening. I wanted to get that out, too, because it's one of those things that is just so small of WWE to do. But uh, overall, guys, a C-plus Raw, it was it was good, uh, or, or okay to good. And uh, I think we're all now looking forward to four weeks at Hell in a Cell when we actually have programs that I think qualify to be inside the cell. 
So we'll have to see where that goes. Oh, and Cody, well, how did I miss this? Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins, Cody Rhodes and, um, and, uh, Austin theory. How the hell did I miss this? I'm so glad I didn't miss it. Cody Rhodes and, uh, theory. Excellent match theory. I got to say is impressing me week over week. And I think we all may be looking at Vince when he first did this and going, what the hell is he doing? But theory right now is taking advantage of his, of his situation, taking advantage of the opportunity, maximizing his minutes. And he is confident on the mic. He's good on the mic. He's excellent in the ring. He's young, so he doesn't have to worry about you know age being a factor at this point in his career. He's early 20s, for God's sakes. He just has to make sure he doesn't do anything stupid outside the ring to bring bad PR to the company. They continue to improve. He's got a great body, great look. I mean, I got to say, like I'm on the theory train right now. Uh, dare I say? Uh, dare I say it? I mean, the guy being United States champion doesn't feel weird, doesn't feel forced. And I don't hate it. But Cody Rhodes and him had an excellent match until, of course, Seth Rollins interfered and cost Cody the match. That's clearly leading to a part three here with Cody and uh, Seth. And I am all for it. I think all of us can say in unison, yeah, bring us more, right? Bring us more. They, they have, I think, probably the strongest case to be inside Hell in a Cell. If there's going to only be one match from Ron, one match from SmackDown, which I think there should only be two, I think Cody and Seth probably are the top of the food chain on Raw to be inside the cell over every other program on Raw. So, all right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the show. I appreciate it. Tomorrow is the mailbag, so don't forget to send in your questions to mailbag at wwepodcast.com. You can call in, leave a voicemail, uh, 518-952-0247. So go ahead and do that. If you want to send a voicemail, you have three minutes and then it cuts you off. Uh, so please consider doing that. If you're a first time listener and you want to get your voice on the show, that's tomorrow's show. It's all for you guys. So also, if you want to go VIP on our website, use promo code Roman. It gets you 50% off right now off the first month. And you get all the access to all of our, our exclusive audio with this, which is the after dark show. I just posted a new after dark show. It's very R rated. Okay. Adults only on that show. And that's available on our website and on our Patreon page. If you want to go on our Patreon page and support us, it's available there too. So just search patreon.com slash WWE podcast. Thanks everybody for listening. As always, take care. I'll talk to you next time. So in today's crazy world, you need to be ready to defend yourself. I mean, that's just the reality of things. People are getting assaulted on the street, robbed, home invasions. So with all this spike in crime, what better way to spend your time than investing in yourself, in your safety, in your, in your family's safety? That's why I'm recommending Impact Defense. ImpactDefense.online is an opportunity for you to learn how to defend yourself in multiple situations. They have a podcast, by the way, that is done weekly, and you can check it out. Uh, it's, it's on ImpactDefense.online. They have training that's in-person they have online courses. You can host an event and a lot more. But this is run by Brian, and he has over 20 years in the martial arts and self-defense industry. He's a certified combatives instructor. He's certified in defensive firearms, and he has a black belt in multiple styles of martial arts. He's also joined by two ladies, Jada and Kylie. Both of them are black belts in martial arts and certified firearm instructors as well. Again, their show, their podcast releases every single Monday, a brand new episode. You can check out impactdefense.online for much more information. But guys, 
I can't stress enough right now, there is nothing more important than your safety. I don't know about you, but when I'm lying in bed and I hear a creak in the house, you always wonder, right? It's either a ghost <laughs> or you're thinking, oh my God, somebody broke in, right? And w imagine the helplessness that you could feel in that moment, but let them help you overcome that fear. Let them help you protect you and your family. Go to impactdefense.online today. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show or head to wwepodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to patreon.com slash WWE Podcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.